What a day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. We thank God for his goodness. Uh, I would like to thank the, the leadership for granting the royals the opportunity to share the word of God in the house of the Lord. It's always good to, to serve God, and it's even better when you know that your leaders are there to cheer you on and to support you. So we thank you and we appreciate you. So today I was thinking, um, thinking of how to name this message that the Lord put on my heart. And I was like, okay, I think I'll name it the invitation. So the topic of the message is the invitation. So the invitation will read from the book of Matthew 22, verse 1 to 14. So shall we turn our Bibles to the book of Matthew 22, verses 1 to 14. Do this, amen. So it's the parable of the wedding banquet. So Matthew 22, verse 1 reads, Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to tell them to come, but they refused to come. I'd love for you to mark the word come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one on the fields, another to his house, the rest seized his servants, mistreated and mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed them, this, those murderers, and burned their cities. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. Those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people, all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to came in to see the guest, he noticed a man. He noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get into the wedding without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. The king told the attendants, tie him, tie him, hmm? tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there, is the weep- where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Amen. So today I was, I was really drawn by verse 12 where it said that the, the king king noticed the person because of his dressing. I mean, I love women. They're very spicy people. They like to be creative in the way that they dress. When they go to weddings, they don't just go there in their normal attires. They make sure they find out the, the color of the wedding. They make sure they find out everything to con- concerning the wedding before they can choose their attire for the wedding. They want to make sure that when they walk into the wedding, they're presentable even before the, the people that have just wedded. They want to make sure that when they get into the, the wedding, they, they're not asked questions as, what happened to you? Did you not know the color of the wedding? 
They want to be sure that when they walk into the wedding, the question is, oh my, where did you get that dress? Women want to make sure, I know men might not understand, but you try. <laughs> women, women will always ask these questions before they go to the wedding. What's the color of the wedding? Um, what's, what's, the, what's the theme of the, not the theme, but the decoration. They want to be presentable. They want to walk in and fit in. And they want to walk in and make it more beautiful. They want to beautify the place with their presence. Amen. They want their presence to carry weight. They want it to be such a spectacular moment that they actually go into the shops even when they don't have money. But they actually go into the shops just to make sure that they're presentable. They ask a question. And Pastor McDuff usually says that before, before anyone makes an action, it starts with a thought. But then with my research, I found out that it actually is not a thought that starts. It's a question. Psychologists say that it's a question. And every time a person is always asking questions based on images they've seen around them. So a woman receives an invitation card to a wedding. What does she do? She asks the question, what's the color? She goes in a shop and then she, she chooses what she will. And we as children of God, now I want to turn the tables to us as children of God. We have been invited into the kingdom of God. We have been invited into the kingdom of the most high God. He said, God, God said that the streets are covered with gold. But we have not taken the time to ask ourselves the questions. What does God require us to, how should we prepare ourselves? How should we present ourselves before the king? Because this is the king's palace. How do we present ourselves before the king? We haven't asked ourselves what is required. What is the theme of this heavenly place that we're going to? We've come through the doors, but least it be said of us like this man who was hanged by hand and foot and cast out into the darkness, that because he did not wear the clothing for the wedding, he was not fit to be in the banquet. So today I wanted us to ask ourselves these questions because most of the times we ask ourselves questions that actually lead us to distraction. Another psychologist actually said that the reason people commit suicide is they ask questions like, why am I alive? So the answer is you don't have to be alive. You're in pain, you're in misery, they die. Another asks, how, can, how many things have I been able to accomplish? They start listing them down. They get motivated for another accomplishment. So today, I want each one of us to examine ourselves before we move on to the other part. I want us to examine ourselves. I want us to look at ourselves and say, have I been prepared for what God has prepared for me? Amen. Have I been prepared for what God has set before me? A place of gold. Have I been prepared? Have I been preparing myself to enter into the presence of the king? To enter before the holy of holies and say, here I am, Lord. I'm your servant. I was worshiping you down on earth. Because Jesus said, you'll call me Lord, Lord, but I'll tell my father, I do not know them. Cast them out. Are we prepared for what God has prepared for us? That's the question that I want each one of us to meditate on. Are we prepared? Because 
it says that we cannot we can convince ourselves our friends our pastors by the service that we do by the coming to church early by the going to night of prayers by the fasting but god is not pleased with just the works he's pleased with the heart he's a god that searches the heart he's a righteous judge and he says he searches the heart the secrets of the heart is the heart clean he says that make room for me and i'll come in with my father and i'll abide in you and you will abide in my father and you will bear much fruit amen so today i want us to look at our clothing again i'll refer to to the to the women <laughs> sorry men but you don't give me much choice it's just the suits so the women you see peach purple yellow green the women are very good example of our preparation so if we go to the book of Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 to 27 shall we go there please Matthew 7:21 Not everyone who says to me Lord Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven Many will say to me on the day Lord Lord did we not prophesy in your name and in your name did drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles then I will tell them plainly I never knew you I wait away from me you evil doers why does jesus send them away he says to them plainly actually evil doers another version says workers of iniquity away from me workers of iniquity i think to me this was another reflection of what we just read in the book of matthew 22 verse 1 to 14 where he says why are you not dressed in the wedding clothes he says away from me evil doers So I I looked up the word iniquity and it says iniquity is defined as gross injustice, wickedness or unrighteousness. God in the Bible tells us that I am a holy God and I require of you to be holy as I am holy. Do that which is right. Jesus told the disciples that I do not do things of my own will, but according to that which the Father has instructed me to do. That is why he went on the mountains to pray. That is why he constantly kept in communion with God because he wanted to know what is my father doing. He says I do only what I see my father do. How will you see what your father does if you do not dwell where your father dwells? So to, to I think to me this is more of a teaching because it was more of questions. So it was to me it was examine yourself for the invitation for which you've been called. We have been called for that which is far greater, far better than what we see around us. Should we really lose that which we have been called because we're not worthy? But how will we be worthy if we cannot take time to commune with God? How will we find ourselves worthy if we don't don't take the time to say, "Lord, I appreciate you. I just want to say, Lord, let your will be done." So I'm coming back to you. I'm coming back to you with open arms and I just want to say help me to be what you want me to be. 
I wish that would be our prayer. Of course, we usually forget when we see nice stuff. We see things that are more colorful. But Lord, let your will be done. Is the prayer that I'm trying to pray these past days. So, Jesus draws our attention to the fact that he is not driven by who praises him. Because even those that praised him and said, Lord, Lord, he still drove away. So we might come and praise him together. But let us praise him with a heart that is pure. Let us praise him the way he wants us to praise him. Let us praise, let our praises go up the way that he wants them. Let us be people that give a sweet perfume before our God. Because remember, Cain and Abel both gave sacrifice. But God said, I am not pleased. I'm pleased with the sacrifice of Abel. What was wrong with the sacrifice? It's not very clear, but what was wrong? Both gave sacrifice. Both gave sacrifice. And sacrifice is one of the ways we worship God. But God was pleased with the other. He says, I'm a righteous God and I search the heart. The Bible also tells us in the book of John 14, verse 15, that if you love me, you will do what I command you. If you love me, you will do what I command you. Jesus expects us to do what he commands us to do because if we're saying that we're the children of God and he has given us an example, he's a child of God, he comes to earth, and all he does is dwells in the presence of God. We're uh, born again by the blood of Jesus Christ and adopted into the family of Christ. But all we do is never dwell in the presence of God. Have you been dwelling in the presence of God? That's the question I want us to ask ourselves. Have I been dwelling in the presence of God as I ought to? Have I been receiving my instructions from God as I ought to? Have I been driven by what God wants me to do as I ought to? Is a question that I want, I want everyone to ask. I think mainly because someone said, if you ask a question, you will get the answer. So I'm sure both of, all of us have the answer right now. Do we all have the answer? We have the answer? I see a lot of nodding, so I believe that's the answer. Why haven't we been um, what Christ expects us to be? Uh, in the morning when we we're doing intercessions, John 4.16 said that others also may be encouraged by what you're doing. So it's not just also for our profit that we might enter into the glory of God, but also to encourage those that are behind us to encourage those that are looking at us and taking example from our steps, that are stepping into where we have stepped. It is also for us not only to enter the kingdom of God, but to win souls. Christ said the harvest is many, but the lever is a few. Is it maybe because we haven't really been walking according to his ways? Sometimes what you need to do is not just to preach and speak and tell and pray. Just the simple acting out of the word of God is enough to change your mind. Because remember, actions have results. 
the results that we give out, the fruits that we bear. You shall know them by the fruits. The fruits that we bear, are they the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Are they the fruits that are inspired by the Spirit of God in us? Or maybe the question should be, have we been filled by the Spirit of God? Have we been baptized by the Spirit of God? Because God said, I will not, uh, Jesus said, I will not leave you alone, but I must go to prepare a place for you. I will send you a helper. Why do we need a helper? Why do we need the help of the Holy Spirit? It says that temptation will come, but I will give you strength. Troubles and tribulations will come, but by the help of the Holy Spirit we will conquer. We are not alone. We are not often. He did not leave us alone. Amen. Church is very quiet. <laughs> For the first time, I'm very, you're making me afraid. I need some laughter. Okay. So I, I, I asked questions. As I said, if you ask a question, normally you get the answer. It might be right or wrong, but you get the answer. So some of the answers that I got, um, how can I do what the Father wants me to do? Oh, I revealed it was from John 14, 15, 21. Jesus will send us the helper, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. And then again it says he will reveal himself to us. I love what pastor says normally. He says, to the children of Israel, God revealed his ways. But to Moses, he revealed himself. That's why Moses never really did what the Israelites did. They would sin, they would commit all this things against God that build idols and they'll start worshiping things and then they'll freak out, they'll live in anxiety, they'll live in distress, they'll fear the borders of their enemies, they'll fear that they're going to perish, they'll fear for hunger. They'll f- but Moses would just walk around with his rod. Ever wondered why that was so? He dwelt with the provider. He dwelt with the Almighty was, like he went there and his face was all white, shining like the rays of the sun. I bet he wasn't really afraid. Because he's, he's like there with the one who parted the sea. How would you be afraid? Because I remember a time when my, I'll never be afraid of anything. I'll just say, I'll take it up to my dad. Take it up to my dad. No one messes with me, I'll take it up to my dad. So how will you be afraid when your God is the God who pats the sea? Your God is the God who drowns the biggest army. Your God gives you food. He said he wasn't even afraid. God revealed himself to Moses. He was distinguished among the Israelites. God revealed to, to himself to Moses that even before the fruits of the Spirit were told to us by by. Paul, he had them. Slow to anger, patient, kind. Because he was patient with the Israelites, yeah? He was very patient with the Israelites. He had the fruits of the Spirit. He dwelt with the Almighty. Number three, Ephesians 6.11. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Ephesians 6, verse 11.
Can you find it? Say amen. So Ephesians 6 verse 11 reads, Put on the full armor of God, so that you may take your stand against, evil, against the devil's schemes. The devil's schemes. I want to go and pray. Ooh, that's, that movie looks very nice. I'll go after, and then you doze on the movie. The devil's schemes. What do you prioritize? What do we prioritize, actually, is the question. I have to go study the word. Oh, my boss is going to be very angry. I have to finish my work. What do we prioritize? So that we may be able to stand against the schemes of the enemy. I can't mention them all, but I'm sure you've already had a list full in your mind. Take on the full armor of God so that you can take stand against the evil schemes. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Spiritual forces. At first I used to think my mother exaggerates things. (laughs) I really used to think she does exaggerate things, but then I, I, I said, hang on a minute. This is getting out of hand. And it starts slowly, and then you build your, your very big wall that you can't even break down. Because you're fighting against forces, and you don't know it. You say, it's, it's no more, it's just for the day, or it's just, it's just a small matter. But really, it's a spiritual realm that is controlling things in this physical. Because that's why it says, be your, your spiritual beings in mortal bodies. Commune with your father, for he is a spirit. He knows what to tell you. He actually knows you. Mm, don't use that road. He actually tells you, no, 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 no. Go back, go back. And you're like, no, I have. I remember one time I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really going to go. But I don't, I, something inside me tells me not to go. And then I kept on going. I kept on pressing. I kept on saying, no, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. I came back. It, it was actually just a waste of my time because I went before I arrived, I had a car accident. So I had to go back. And then I told my mom. She was like, oh, sorry. And the guy was so impatient. He kept calling me the whole day. It ruined my whole day. My whole weekend, actually. So it was a, a small thing. But I think, for me, I learned that God was actually trying to tell me something. Go back. You're not supposed to go there. They might seem small, but think about it. If your whole week is ruined... We don't really pay attention to what the preacher is saying in church. If your whole weekend is ruined, will you really be able to breathe and rest and be ready for Monday at work? Will you be productive? If you really go that way, do you really think you pay attention to how you treat your friends and show kindness? Because really, your mind is still burning. Your mind is still on flame with this guy who won't stop calling you for something that you really... Don't believe it was your fault, but anyway, you still go. (laughs) No, really, I still don't believe it was my fault, but really, they claimed that I was at fault, so yeah, I accepted it. Think about it. Spiritual realms. It starts very slowly, actually. One one time I was like, uh, I, I felt that 
we were not supposed to worship. I felt that we were supposed to just pray and pray. I was like, no, but I'm not, I'm not um, an intercessor. <laughs> at, at first, I thought, pastor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I thought I was not. But anyway, so I I decided to disobey that route because I was like, no, it's out of the usual. So I took my route, and things went bad. Things went very bad. And imagine how many people I disturbed because I couldn't really obey and run away from the things that were there. But God was trying to communicate, but I was trying to tell him, no, sit down, God. I know what's happening. He is fighting the spiritual realm. He knows that you need to pray against this. And I'm here in my physical body. I'm like, no, we usually do this. So it's all starting in the spirit. That's why God says, abide in me and I in you. For I am the vine. You are the branches. How can the branch bear and handle a vine? We flow, we flow our, our, what, our juices, our, our ability flows from him. If he tells me that right now, what I've given you to do is to intercede. Don't you think he's given me the ability to do that? If at that time he tells me to sit down, don't you think he hasn't given me the strength yet to run? So that's where I was, I was saying, okay, so we're fighting against spiritual things. But how else can we, how can we be people not only that hear from God but obey him? I think it's an issue of trust. Do we trust the God that we serve? Do we trust him like Moses? I'll keep referring to Moses because he just astonishes me with how many times he went up the mountain and he never got weary. Of all the times that he went up there and stayed up there and you wonder, he's in a mortal body. Didn't he eat? But then I thought about it and I was like, if he was hungry, God probably provided He is in the presence of the Almighty. He doesn't have to fear. He's in the presence of the Almighty. So to him, life is good. You want to have a super life? Come to me. He's been telling it over and over again. But I think the world paints things differently. And our, our eyes, I think that's why Jesus says, pluck it out. Pluck it out. He doesn't say, close them. Pluck them out. We try to close them, and then we, we try to see through. See? You didn't pluck it out. Is it causing you to go away from his presence? Pluck it out. Is it causing you to take what is not yours? Cut it off. Not just the finger, the whole hand. Cut it out. Are you dwelling in the presence of the Almighty? Garments that are worthy of the invitation. I don't want us to, look, to lose track of our title. <laughs> I think I, I went there. Yeah. We're, we're fighting against, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, nor against rulers, but against rulers, against the dark authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, 
put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. So I'm imagining a person who's standing, putting on the armor of God. The evil comes, everything comes your way and it just hinders you, it, it disturbs you, it tries to fight against you, it tries to overthrow you, it tries to do this. But after everything, you're still standing. You're still standing. You have the armor of God. And then I was like, I want to have this armor. I really want to have this armor. What is this armor? If you ask a question, you get the answer. So I kept on reading. To stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate breastplate of righteousness and place. I think that that's because you can also misplace it. <laughs> with the belt of truth, with a breastplate of righteousness, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. I, uh, the word says, blessed is a man who comes with peace, with good news. Your feet should be ready with the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you will extinguish your flaming arrows of the evil one. I think my, my personal favorite was verse 16. And righteousness is very important because without righteousness, we cannot, we, we're kept from God. Without truth, we're kept, we're kept from God. Remember how Adam and Eve hid from the presence of God. They were not able to tell him the, the truth, so they hid did not tell the truth, so they, they, they wanted to run away from the presence of God. They hid. But then verse 16 says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you will extinguish. They will come, but you will keep extinguishing them, extinguishing them, extinguishing all the flaming arrows of, of the evil one. So the arrows are not just came, coming to pierce, they're coming to burn you down. They're coming to burn down that beautiful garden that you've prepared for the Lord as a sanctuary. That holy place that you say, Lord, abide in me. They're coming to burn it down. What do you have? Faith. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. It was accounted of, of, of Abraham as a righteous man because he believed in God. Did you ever think about that? It was accounted for him as Righteousness. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. He wants his children to be able to trust him. He wants his children to be able to call him Abba Father. We cry Abba Father, not just in the worship song, but we cry Abba Father. You're walking to work and you know it's going to be a very hard day, but we cry Abba Father. Hallowed be your name. You're going to drop your school off, your, your children to school. The, school's, the school fees is not paid. We cry Abba Father. Hallowed be your name. You're walking into the library. This exam is very difficult. We cry, Abba Father, hallowed be your name. You're going to church on Sunday. Lord, I'm wearing this dress for the 13th time. We cry, Abba Father, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Lord, I'm so exhausted. Where is the good job that I've been praying for? We cry, Abba Father. Lord, can't I just for once have ice cream? We cry of a father. Hallowed be your name. 
Oh, Tamika keeps busting these cakes. We cry of a father. Hallowed be your name. <laughs> no, don't stop. Because then God won't have a basis. I mean, I need to tell him, God, these ones, especially these ones. So I'll give him a photo, these ones. If you stop busting, then ash, no. Keep them coming. God will keep receiving my prayer. Hallowed be your name, O God. We have to be a people that are not only singing songs of faith and worship in worship, but we have to be a people that confess our faith, our faith. For we have been given the power to build, the power to destroy, the power to uplift, the power to pull down. What are you uplifting in your life? Is it struggle? Are you uplifting struggles in your life? Are you uplifting sickness? What have you accepted that God hasn't given you? Sometimes you accept things because they've always been that way. But are you sure it's what God has prepared for you? Because sometimes we, we draw away from the presence of God because of our own misunderstanding of matters. We have not had that faith that keeps us in his presence to say, hmm, I'll trust you. Think about it, you think about it, and it's okay to cry because he says that I, I wipe away all tears. How, what, what will you wipe if you don't have tears? I wipe away all tears, I mend the broken heart. But even in your tears, baby, can you trust me? Even in your struggle, can you come draw, draw near to the cross? Even in your darkest moment, can you believe that I am the light in the darkness? Faith. Faith that moves mountains. I love a song that says, He turns graves into gardens. He turns darkness into light. He turns mourning to dancing. He turns ashes to beauty. All the time I used to sing that, uh, the, that song a lot. Very, very beautiful song. It's a God that, that is pleased with our faith. Number 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the, the word of God. The word of God. Okay. Jesus is the word. And yes, Jesus is the word of God, the living word. The word of God gives us not only direction, but it reveals our God to us. You look at, you look at the time where um, David was weeping and crying, and then he, he, he got it together and say, Why my soul are you downcast? Sometimes when you re reference to what other people that walk with God did, you can also... Ask yourself, why am I so? Are you downcast? Because remember, David was a man after God's own heart, and he had struggle. A man after God's own heart. Jesus, the Son of God, wept. Lord, if this cup will, overtake, will, will pass me by. But nonetheless, let your will be done. Because he believed in the word of God. He believed that the promises of God are sure. He believed that the purposes of God for our lives are better and higher and greater. He believed that God is not a man that he should lie. 
He's the same God who took him out of the hand of Saul. He's the same God who will deliver him. He's the same God who was with him even in his iniquity. He's the same God who forgave him for his iniquity. He's the God who keeps coming and coming even when we run and come and run and come and run and come. I think maybe sometimes God actually asks, why are you keeping exiting and coming back, exiting and coming back when you found your pleasure in me and then you're going? And then you screw up and you come, find your pleasure in me and then you go. By now you ought to realize, I am the best. But we keep going out and coming back, going out and coming back. So that's why it says faith will keep you standing. The armor of God will keep you standing. It will keep you from going out and coming in, going out. Sometimes you, you, you might seem confused. It's slow to anger. Hallelujah. Church is very quiet. It's too quiet. Oh, okay. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Every occasion. It's never too big, it's never too small. All occasions are okay with God. Any time is okay with God. He's always attentive. He's always listening. He'll never put you on hold. Please hold. Nah. He'll never put you on hold. Ah, that's too small. Go to Gabriel, Angel Gabriel. No. That's not our God. He actually welcomes you. He listens to you. He gives you a solution if you're listening. Where there's a question... As an answer. What have you been asking God? And pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. All kinds of prayers and requests. I sort of love that one. All kinds of prayers. There might be angry prayers. Sometimes you get angry, but it's okay to express it because if you don't, it's actually a problem. You have to express yourself before God. I'm not saying call him names. But you have to be able to, to be that close to God where you, you express yourself as God. With the understanding and the leadership of the Spirit, of course. With all kinds of prayers and requests. Have you made your request to God? Or have you accepted what is... Have you made your requests to God? Some people actually say it's too personal to tell God. Not really. They actually say it's too personal to tell God. Like, you know, he knows it already. It's never too personal to tell God. Hallelujah, royals. It's never too personal to tell God. Express yourself before God. Tell him. If you feel like he doesn't love you, tell him, Lord, why don't you love me? I want to, I, I want to be loved by you. He'll tell you. I think, I think that, that's one of the prayers I actually prayed before God. I thought it was crazy at first, but the refreshing that came after. I never felt the same. I prayed, Lord, why don't you love me? <laughs> All kinds of prayer, right? I prayed it before God. I prayed it before God. He gave me Psalm 91. Is it 91 or 19? I read it. I read it. 
It turned into, oh, thank you. He turns mourning into dancing. I started, oh, hallelujah. I am loved by God. What prayers? Have you been making your requests before God? Because maybe you're walking with chains that have bound you because you've not expressed yourself to God. He said, I have opened my ear. Why are you holding it in your heart? Why are you making yourself so heavy and laden? Have you expressed it before God? No, this world is, is so bad. You're not a fair God. Did you ask him? What did he say? Because he'll always give you an answer. He's not a God that shuts you out. He always gives you an answer. Oh, this school is boring. I don't want it anymore. Uh, have you asked God why he sent you there? Beforehand, have you thanked him that you're having education? All kinds of prayer. Church, I want to challenge you. All kinds of prayer. You can actually tell him, God, this Christian walk is so difficult. It's too difficult. And he'll tell you, you know this one, you can do like this. Here, you were very angry. You were too angry. Was it necessary? And then it draws you back. Because there was a time where, hey, my flames were coming so, so fast, yeah? And when I'm angry, I just walk out. And then imagine what I did to the other person by walking out. Imagine what I did to the other person. She's in awe, like, it was actually a small matter. But to me, because the flames were like, oh. Did you settle it with God? You know, kunyanyana so is bad. I don't know how to phrase it. Kunyanyana, what's kunyanyana? Culture? English is <laughs> Have you talked to God? Because you actually have to ask him, unless you like it. You have to talk to him to say, Lord, I don't want to grow up. Imagine you're in your 40s. I mean, doctors might not help, but God is the best doctor. You're 50. It's so bad. So bad. Why can't you let the master of it all take control? Let him take the lead. Let him be your God. Have you been dwelling with God? Praying always, all kinds of prayer. God, I'm too old to be praying this prayer. No, 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 no. God is the ancient of days. He's the all-knowing God. All kinds of prayer, so that I will fearlessly make known the mysteries of the gospel. Amen? He'll fearlessly make them known to you. How awesome would it be to know Buddha? Ababa, if I should do something, this is what I should do. Because you know that this is what God would do. He says, go right, go left, go right, until you actually know. Would you, okay. Lord, where now? Where now? And I loved what Pastor said when, he, when you're asking and he's, he's saying, would he, nowhere. You should be able to say, okay. He says, nowhere, and you're still moving. 
know? That type of relationship, it would be so sweet. It would be so sweet. And when you can actually tell him when you're in that relationship and you tell him, it would be so sweet. It would be so... You know, that relationship. God is looking for that relationship with his children. He wants to commune with his children. But have we been worthy to enter into his presence, to come before him? He says, we're, we, God wanted us to be where he is, so he sent heaven down through Christ. He sent heaven down to bring us back up, and we're still down. So God is wondering, why are you still down? Okay, you have entered, but why are you carrying yokes? I am the chain breaker. By the blood of Jesus Christ, your chains should be broken. Why are you still heavy laden? Why are you still burdened and bruised? I heal. I deliver. I quench. Why are you thirsty? I have the living waters. I want us to ask ourselves these questions. And I want us to be able to ask God questions, actually. Are we wearing the garments that are worthy for the invitation for which we have been called? Are we presentable before our king? Our hearts ready to make him Lord? And most of all, are we ready for the banquet? The trumpet sounds now. Are we ready for the banquet? Are we ready for this exciting place? Banquet. Amen? You all have the answers. Um, my, my word was very short. And I, I believe that we'll keep on meditating on this word. That the Lord will reveal himself to us and reveal his mysteries to us. That we'll be closer to our God. Amen. Shall we pray? Our dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. We want to bless you. For you're the God that reveals yourself to your children. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the revelation of your word. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that, Lord, you have not left us as orphans, but you've given us the spirit of truth, the spirit that reveals unto us of your goodness, of your mysteries. Help us, O God, to draw near unto you, for you say, when we come, you will come. Lord, today we pray that, Lord, we will continue to be in you and that, Lord, we will come to you. For goodness is where you are. Pleasure is where you are. Mercy is where you are. Liberty is where you are. Joy is where you are. Fulfillment is where you are. Help us to be where you are. May we find favor in your presence. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.